Australia is here, we'll stay here. We're committed to being with Papua New Guinea at this time and into the future. Through the PNG Australia Partnership, we have a long collaboration with the Government of PNG and Health. And we work side by side with the PNGDF and, and their Department of Defence. PNG and Australian governments also prioritise the need to address the issue of family and sexual violence. Australia's assistance to Papua New Guinea really covers all sectors. Hello and welcome to AHC On Air. I'm Greg Avira. In this first edition for this year, we will look at Australia's support towards PNG's COVID-19 response. Australia continues to work closely with Papua New Guinea to support its COVID-19 response following the recent surge in numbers at the end of February. So far, a total of 8,480 vaccines from Australia's own stocks have been delivered to Papua New Guinea for frontline workers. This is part of Australia's comprehensive assistance to support the government of PNG's response to COVID-19. The assistance includes consumables such as personal protective equipment, testing consumables, and the deployment of a 20-member Australian Medical Assistance Team, or OSMET, to Port Mosby to work with PNG health workers at the Port Mosby General Hospital and in this edition of AHC On Air. We bring you the replay of NBC's Talkback program on OSMET updates, where Australian High Commissioner John Philp and OSMET team leader Dr. Mark Little were guests on the show, as well as Dr. Downey Esserom. They were hosted by NBC's Peter Sindra and Information, Communication and Technology Minister Honorable Timothy Masiu. Listeners, believe me, me, Hamas, long got all guests from the studio, but a lot of talks about who sat in the studio as usual. We got one to the studio. I'm the Minister of Communication, Information, and Technology. I can see him smiling, and I know that you saw some of them stop one time. You this time, me, Hamas, long come back, long program, long in me, long time. I got two plus. Um, all uh, guests long bitupla pita, um, always in down long uh, studio. Australian High Commissioner come long Papua New Guinea, um, long uh, His Excellency John Phillips, and by and by come join him me long program long him long. I mean, no first time, um, uh, uh, His Excellency uh, John John Phillips, and me, and we come sit down and TV me long studio. Um, um, I think second time now, mm-hmm. but uh, and we bring him one time, um, not a guest, and um, uh, um, come long uh, Osmet. Osmet and online also uh, all medical uh, medical team long Australia where all the specialized lo this kind of heavy time Australia like Salim or seven month long em long all issues long health also this plan now immigrant long COVID nineteen and this plan team and more seven Salim only go out now me have a master also part long government long Papua New Guinea and long Prime Minister Honourable James Marape. Um, Australia, I'm giving me plan this plan team long Osmet. Uh, only stop one time you mean that we got this plan American team. Only uh, all two only come stop inside long country now. Um, emi emi good plan, emi good plan long tradition long before yet in up now. Australia in Australia lost until Papua New Guinea long all get heavy come up long side long uh, natural disasters or same long um, uh, 
last time we got trapped like Guria or earthquake and we come up long Hela province, Nasambla or Highlands provinces, Australia Salim uh, helping me come through long uh, Kai Kai na something on seven helping me na two em Salim or walk money come so uh, we got here um, Dr. Mark Little. I think uh, me not thinking is the name Little like uh, Tom, uh, strong uh, hookup long uh, uh, West Tigers. Um, uh, every work long one hookup long West Tigers. So me me connecting you to solo display. So me like you have remember good. Um, doctor, um, um, lead, uh, doctor blow display, team, long, and doctor lead Dr. Blow display team long Me believe or same. And Mr. Wanted me long studio na too. Uh, Dr. Downing, Lalong, I'm Maslow, looking you again long studio. Minister, His uh, Excellency, nice to have you on the show. Uh, my colleague, Dr. Little, Thank welcome. You. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, our uh, listeners from the talk to this, Lord, this is time, uh, an honor, a privilege. You know, I was in the studio, but I was in the office, but then I realized. Um, long man and come now about come to studio, but uh, and then I realized it was Australian High Commissioner, Mr. John Phillips. Uh, again, thank you so much. You know, uh, the thought of like you know, like you know, somebody who knows the place, somebody that has been here, and uh, just as an um, acknowledgement, appreciation that you know, taking time to be here. And uh, this program, it's over a year going into the, the second month of. Uh, uh, of our program now, now 171 program wow. uh, we have uh, with Dr. Downey and Minister. Um, for us, it's the importance of uh, information, as Minister said, uh, mm. uh, uh, lack of information, right information. Uh, Minister. Peter, yeah, you rightly uh, said it. Uh, you know, we have a problem, and that is the misinformation and lack of information. information. So, um, you know, in this program, we try our best to make sure that. Uh, information is going out the right and the real information is going out and that's why we always have dr downey with us mm. and uh, you know um we always uh base you know what we what we tell our people on what the um uh, national coordinating center uh the reports they come up with the updates they give us and and mm. you know the new 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 information that comes out and uh was a High Commissioner, uh, Dr. Little, I know mm. you'll be here for just an hour with us, mm. so an honor and a privilege. Now, um, High Commissioner, information, as you have heard, and for us, uh, is important, the importance of information, dissemination of information to our people, and you know, Papua New Guinea, so diverse, so, you know, your take on the importance of information. I should say, Nihamas Long comes in down, Long Peter Sindra, Honourable Timothy Matthew, Minister Long. Peter, you asked about the importance of the information. I think there is so much bad information in the world today, so many things that are wrong. It's very important to have really trusted sources of information. We hope that people will trust the information they get from the government, but if that is problematic. I think the information we can get from scientists, from doctors, mm. from our mm. teachers mm. is very important to listen to. Um, I'm very troubled by some of the information we read on Facebook or on WhatsApp. No, that's true. Mm. Some of it's correct. A lot of it is very poor and bad mm. misinformation. It's important to listen to the scientists on, on diseases, on COVID-19 or on vaccines. Commissioner, mm. thank you. Um, Dr. Mark Little, you know, I know you've been... Uh, um, um, in Indonesia, in Pakistan, um, mm. um, New Zealand, um, 
your your experience, the importance of uh, information. You know, you you've been in there to serve mm. uh, the people in the, in the, those uh, countries. Uh, the, the importance of uh, um, information uh, to the people at, at that time, the situation there. Yeah. Thank you very much, and thank you for such a warm welcome to you all. I apologise, I can't speak pigeon, <laughs> but I've been working very closely with Dr Downey um, over this month and the last few months that I was here last year. Look, as a doctor, um, information and, and correct information is really essential. Every day we, we base our medical decisions on information and science, and um, it is really, really important for everyone to understand the science and to understand the information because, as, as you've all said, there is such bad information around about this disease. And this disease is real and, sadly, it's killing people of Papua New Guinea. And the only way we can fix this problem is for all of us to work together and to listen to the experts like Dr Downey uh, and other people here working in this country um, to follow the guidelines and the recommendations. They're not making these recommendations up. They're basing them on science and facts. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Little. Now, um, uh, to uh, your, 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 your reasons here, I mean, you hear yeah. the invitation. Uh, at the same time, I believe that, you know, the contribution that you will have uh, in Papua New Guinea response uh, uh, action to uh, address specifically the spread of uh, COVID-19. Just briefly go through the role of uh, OSMET uh, yeah. in PNG. Sure. So um, this is my second trip. Um, I was here last year when we had the first um, outbreak in August, September last year. Um, and uh, I've now been back for nearly a month uh, in Papua New Guinea. So the OSMAT team, the Australian Medical Assistance Team, is verified by the World Health Organization. And that means we come up to a standard, a very high standard, that the um, World Health Organization sets. And really the basis is that we are here to work with the health people of Papua New Guinea to do what they would like us to do. And so um, this trip, um, we have realized that Port Moresby General Hospital, so your main hospital in your country, had significant problems with um, a number of staff being ill and a number of patients that were in the hospital. And so our team is working with the doctors and nurses in, in Pomgen um, to help um, look after pe the people of Papua New Guinea and also help with systems and processes so that, um, heaven help us, we won't have another wave, but if there is, that they, they've got some of our thinking on how we approach these problems. And so I have... Um, doctors and nurses working in the intensive care, in the emergency department, in the maternity unit, and also with the leadership with the Director of Medical Services and the Director of Nursing on, on a day-to-day -day basis how the hospital works. And we've been really warmly received and we're really, the team, I've just sat down and had a long meeting with them. They're all very happy uh, and getting on really well and really enjoying working with our Papua New Guinean friends. Yeah, thank you, Doctor. Now, um, John Phillips, um Apart from OSMET, uh, I believe that's one uh, of uh, uh, contribution to uh, PNG to address. Uh, what Briefly, what would be others uh, uh, that Australia government is contributing to the fight with Papua New Guinea in fighting the, uh, uh, the spread of COVID-19? Thank you. Uh, well, we know Australia and Papua New Guinea are so close, and we know that in previous times that Papua New Guineans have been there to help Australians when we need it, and it's important to us to help Papua New Guinea remain in it too. It's important also to recognise that we think that if we protect Papua New Guinea, if we help Papua New Guinea protect itself, that helps to protect Australia. So last year we provided um, about $60 million, that's uh, $150 million Kina, 
or so um, to help all the provincial health authorities to prepare for COVID-19, to set up isolation centres, to come up with a plan to deal with coronavirus, to get uh, personal protective equipment like masks and gowns and so on, and to do public information about the coronavirus. This year, as there's been this really huge surge in just the last month or two, we really see the need is urgent. Um, Prime Minister Marape uh, spoke to my Prime Minister, and they've, they talk a lot. In fact, they have a very good relationship. Um, and in response to the request of the Papua New Guinean government, we've sent the OSMAT team headed by Dr Little. So that's one part of it. We also sent up uh, 8,000 vaccine doses from Australia's own vaccine supply to help with the first people we need to vaccinate, the people in the hospitals, mm. the frontline health workers in NCD who we saw were being knocked out and unable to work at the hospital. Um, so that was for us a really important first thing to be able to do. We've also been trying to find where we can get other vaccines for Papua New Guinea. I think you've probably talked about there's a huge shortage of vaccine suppliers all over the world. So our government has joined with the Papua New Guinea government to talk to the US government. We've written to the US president, to the European Union, to a lot of other countries saying, look, can we find supply to help Papua New Guinea? And it's partly as a result of that, that the COVAX facility that we contributed to has sent 132,000 vaccine doses to Papua New Guinea. And the government will roll that out from the 5th of May. 5th of May? Dr. Downey can talk a bit more about this in a second, but that's only the first thing. So that will help support the frontline workers in a number of provinces. But we need to make sure that we're providing more. So the overall assistance we're giving is $144 million. That's uh, $390 million Kino over two years. And that's to provide enough to help for the whole vaccine program, to purchase the vaccines for Papua New Guinea, in addition to some we will give, to do the logistics, to get them out to provincial centres, to districts, to townships, um, for the logistics to get them out. But very important, I think, for the information materials, for people like Peter to use, to make sure people have information. This, this vaccine is not compulsory anywhere. It's not compulsory in my country, but there's no medicine for COVID-19 if you catch it. The only thing you can do is take a vaccine to stop from getting mm. it in the first place. And although people worry a bit about side effects from the vaccine, I know that the vaccine side effects are much, much less bad than catching coronavirus. People dying from that. Mm. Dr. Little can testify. Mm. So we're very determined to spend a lot of time and effort to support <coughs> Papua New Guinea and everything it's doing, everything that Dr. Downey and his department are doing to try and combat the coronavirus mm. in Papua New Guinea. Can I just ask a question to sure. Dr. Little, uh, just uh, Minister. Yeah, um, as far as his observation is concerned, because uh, this is your second time, uh, second tour of duty you know, mm. um, in, in PNG. Mm. Um, uh, what do you see now? You know, uh, you know, since you were here in the beginning, uh, in the in the first uh, instance, and, and now your second uh, second visit to the country. So, um, so firstly, what I'm seeing is a lot of people in Papua New Guinea, in the health department, um, the National Coordination Centre, who are working exceptionally hard to look after the health and well-being of their people. Um, and I am every day amazed at how hard-working these people are. Um, uh, you know, Dr Downey and I, we see each other each day and, and he is working so hard with his team. I'm very, very impressed. And same with the hospital. Um, 
I think my, my sense was last time we had a number of cases, but not lots of cases. And I think a lot of people thought, that's it. Mm. Papua New Guinea's done well. We won't get the disease. You know, that, there's true, something yeah. about us that means we won't get the infection. And, and I think this time this has been the realisation that this is a real disease mm. and people are really dying from it. And if you look at the numbers, the numbers are percentage-wise of people dying and the number of cases is not unlike other countries. And so I, th I hope um, and I sense that people now are actually realising that we have a problem in Papua New Guinea and we have to do things to make ourselves better. And I really want to re-emphasise what, um, what John has said, um, and I know both of you agree with, is that this vaccination campaign is really, really important. Um, and if I may talk about the vaccine. Sure, yes, <laughs> Look, fr from my point of view, um, this vaccine uh, is incredible. And the reason we've got it so quickly is so much money was spent by so many countries to make it. Billions and billions and billions of dollars. And I tell you now, if when we were making the polio vaccine, we'd spent billions and billions of dollars on it, we would have had it in about six months. And so it's been incredible science that's driven this. And in life, there is a risk with everything we do. Um, you might have, your doctor might write you a prescription for some antibiotics and you might have that allergic reaction, that very dangerous reaction to an antibiotic. Um, the thing is that coronavirus kills and we're seeing it. We're seeing it in my country, we're seeing it in this country. If you look at what's happening in the United States and Europe and the UK, you look at what's happening in India this week, um, people are dying from it. This vaccine is very, very safe. Yes, there are very, very rare side effects. Now, we, you've heard about the clotting, the thromboembolic things. So it's one in 250,000 people. So if people think of the ANZ Stadium where they play the NRL Grand Final, yes. it would mean three stadiums full of people vaccinated for one person to have an adverse reaction. Whereas if you get coronavirus and you get admitted to hospital, one in five will have a blood clot one in five so for me this is a very safe vaccine we know it saves lives we've seen it in the europe and uk we know that it lessens people going into hospital we know it makes you less ill um, it's it's essential i think that people get vaccinated yeah. dr mark little team leader of the australian medical assistance team or osmet with him on the program is australian high commissioner john philp both were guests on the NBC Talkback show hosted by NBC's Peter Sindra and Communication and Technology Minister Honourable Timothy Masiu. Also on the Talkback show was Dr. Downey Asarom, COVID-19 National Incident Manager. Immunization helps children grow into healthy adults. Vaccinated healthy children can attend school and reap the benefits of education and their parents are able to participate in the workforce, putting communities on the path to greater economic prosperity. Vaccines bring us closer to a healthier, more prosperous world.
On air, and we bring you the replay of NBC's Talkback Show, where Australian High Commissioner John Philp and OSMED team leader Dr. Mark Little gave updates on the Australian medical assistance to PNG's COVID-19 response. Dr. Little is not new to Papua New Guinea, having visited the country last year at the start of the pandemic in the country. Here, he talks about the realization of the coronavirus. Just, just on the uh, clot. Yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, what actually happens? Uh, you know, why is the clot there? The vaccine itself. Um, you've probably seen the picture of the virus. So the virus is a yes. circle. It's got those spiky things on it. Yes. And what, what the vaccine does is it makes your body make antibodies to the spiky things. And we know in humans that the spiky things somehow cause clotting if you get it. You know, one in five. Mm-hmm. We're not quite sure why this happens, but we wonder if it's somehow related in some people, some very rare people, it triggers off a reaction which causes this. The Astrovet, the AZ vaccine is made by the Oxford vaccine group. They are world leaders. They're one of the best in the world at making vaccines, but no one's quite sure why this is happening. But mm. it is exceptionally rare, that this reaction. That's good information, you know, because there's a lot of people who are you know, because of clot, you know, yeah. you know they, they, they're talking, you know, yeah. uh, you know, differently. Yeah. And, and it's, it's good information that, uh, but your experience, uh, Dr. Little, uh, being to other countries uh, before coming to PNG, hmm. how do you uh, 
compare. Um, yeah, so so I haven't been to other countries doing coronavirus work, so there have been oh, natural disasters. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but um, look, we know that the health care system here is um, a system that's always under stress. And what this coronavirus crisis has done is it's put more stress on a system. And, and so this is one of the reasons I'm not a politician, but this is one of the reasons why our government wants to help um, the people of Papua New Guinea, because we know that the system um, needs help when it's under stress. Our health system, if you watch what happened in Victoria, our health system in Victoria really struggled and really was stressed. And I think we know, having gone through it in Australia with Victoria and other states, um, we know that that this country um, needs the support like Osmat and like um, um, John has talked about to help, to help the people. Um, so I'm really glad I'm here actually, and I'm really glad that um, politicians and people like our High Commissioner are taking the time to come and talk to people and are organising for help and support and significant help and support to help the people of Papua New Guinea. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Dr Little. Uh, Dr Downey, Harry, uh, talk, talk with Dr Little and Mekke, you know, uh, like you, uh, it would be uh, that you make all, all listeners premier. Long Alvim, long strong in talk, talk, long Dr. Little, Dr. Vaccine. Maybe a lot of time to strong in talk to see that you got all listeners from you, Dr. Down. Thank you. Yeah, Bambi Talk Pisin, Mibla Mamastru, Kisim His Excellency, also in a commission with Team Lead Blow Osmet. Bambi distress him, one of Tok Dr. Little Talk Penis. Health system of Papua New Guinea is classified at the moment, and I keep saying this as a fragile health system. And a fragile health system, when you put it under strength, especially with uh, an infection like COVID-19, this health system will collapse. That's the bottom line. So we need all the support we can. You may have some since the SOE, after SOE, and you may get go sleep. After SOE and uh, Dr. Little was here during SOE, PNC was doing very well. But why? Because we responded very early. We locked down the borders. I think the strategies that we use Pre-SOE with the right strategies. Head here to the messes where Mibla law control center work law put him out. Now, all man by asking why na Mibla need him support. Me talk this system blow me and weak. Now anytime I collapse suppose doctors, nurses, the support staff in the hospital get sick, everybody will be sick. Uh, I felt what it's like to be infected with COVID-19. I felt what it's like to be to be in the hospital, but I thank God I'm alive. That for me is the most important thing. When we go back to the reason why we planted them support, Osmet will come last year, this year can all come, but this year all come at the big platinum long work. Because all looking problem, you mean, all looking most of them, we planted plenty case, all come, lo, one time all, all doctors, all nurses, all clinicians, all logisticians, and all living in Munich. You got them to the US to stop, you got them to the Germany stop. So, we planted them to talk to us all, we planted them to the UK, ready to come. We need all the support we can. They are here to share their experience and expertise. And some of them have worked in a lot of countries, a lot of, a lot of challenging places. Papua New Guinea is one of them. Dr. Downey Esserom, COVID-19 National Incident Manager. He was also a guest on the Talkback Show last week. World Immunization Week is celebrated worldwide from April 24th to the 30th. Immunization is a safe and effective way of protecting people against harmful diseases. Immunization saves lives. 
Week is celebrated worldwide from April 24th to the 30th. Immunization is a safe and effective way of protecting people against harmful diseases. Immunization saves lives. Welcome back. We're coming towards the end of the program. Before we end, Dr. Little talks more on vaccines and their importance, and then we hear last remarks from NBC's talkback show host, Peter Sindra, and Honorable Timothy Masiu. So the question to uh, Dr. Little, just yeah. quickly, uh, when in so far, you know, after arriving here in Port Mosby uh, on your second tour of beauty, hmm. um, uh, you've been basically, you know, you have your team there. Um, 
uh, can I just ask this small question? Like um, the cases that you have seen, uh, are they uh, mild or are they, um, you know, critical? Yeah. Sadly, we're seeing all types of cases. Um, the majority of people are mild or moderate, um, but there are um, severe and critical cases that our team have looked after over the last few weeks, and sadly, we've had some people die. And um, every death is a tragedy, and every death um, uh, really hurts us and hurts the staff as well, the local staff, because that person um, will not be here for Christmas, will not be here for christenings, uh, birthdays, weddings, all those sort of things. And um, 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 family is what makes this country, it's family is what makes our country, but very much family is a really important thing. And I think that um, there are good stories, people are surviving, yes. but we are seeing these sad stories we as well. One year tonight. Yeah, That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, very much so. And uh, I was very glad to see Dr. Downey come back to work, believe you me. Um, <laughs> it was really nice to see him again. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think for people, um, if I can talk to your listeners, uh, just look around your family, look around um, when you have a family event. Um, and just imagine if one or two of your family members won't be here for Christmas. Uh, and it's the simple things of wearing a mask when you go out, washing your hands, mm. keeping your distance. Yes. And when you are able to have the vaccine, take the vaccine. Um, because you do want to spend, we all want to spend those special times with our families. And it's such an important thing. Uh, and really, we have to look after our families. The people in New Guinea, uh, we, have to, we have to look after all our families. And that's what's the really important thing at the moment. Doc, doctor, just um, um, on, on that note, um, uh, is your team going out to the provinces as well or are you going to be just stationed in Port Mosby? Yeah, so we we looked around and we felt, um, and talking to the all the staff at Port Mosby Hospital, we thought if we could get um, your main referral hospital for the country working and working well, okay. we thought there'd be a lot of benefit to the entire country. Um, there's 20 of us and it's very hard mm. um, uh, there's only a limited number of us, and this is a okay. huge country, and it was really trying to work out what to do. So we thought um, the best impact we could have was with your major hospital, which is where we've been. Having said that, I'm there's two of us um, working with Dr Downey and his team in the National Coordination Centre, okay. and I'm working with Dr Gary No, um, okay. who is working with the provinces in particular, because I think... Um, we all recognise that Papua New Guinea is not just Port Moresby. Mm. Um, there's most of the people live outside Port Moresby and probably very happily live outside Port Moresby. <laughs> and um, so we've realised from a leadership point of view that supporting Dr No and Dr Downey's team with the provinces and how we can help understanding where the gaps are with the healthcare and then helping to use the system to support the hospitals in the provinces. So that's what I've been doing mm, okay. Um, okay. Uh, with the team at the, yeah, at the NCC. Well, um, just back to the vaccines, um, yeah. you know, we are hearing that, uh, you know, AstraZeneca is one of those, the one that is in the country right now. And uh, um, I also believe there's another um, another vaccine uh, that's uh, probably about three uh, three hundred uh, three thousand or something no 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 I can keep give, give the figure here because I'm not really sure but yeah. um, what is the difference between um, AstraZeneca and the other vaccines you know how do they yeah um, collaborate in there 
So the vaccines that are currently recommended by the World Health Organization um, is the AstraZeneca, um, the Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine and the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. There are other vaccines that are being trialled around the world. And um, as a doctor, we haven't seen sort of the science, the, when you do a study to show that something works, you've got to publish it and it goes through what we call a peer review process. Okay. So there are other vaccines around. So the main, the main difference, um, uh, if I take the Pfizer vaccine, is it's this new technology called mRNA vaccine. And what that means is m mRNA um, means messenger RNA. And so the vaccine makes your cell make those spiky things on the outside of the virus. Um, and that then um, um, uh, makes the antibodies. Um, and that's similar for um, the, some of the other vaccines as well that are out. And so um, uh, the difficulty with some of these vaccines, though, is you need to keep them at minus 70. Yes. And um, in, this, in this country, um, the, that cold chain is really difficult. Uh, that, I can tell you that cold chain is difficult in Australia. Um, and so... Um, the beauty with the AstraZeneca is it's your normal cold chain process for all the vaccines that you normally use for your childhood vaccines. It's the same process. And that's what the beauty is for this country, okay. which is so remote. Yeah. Just, just uh, one more question on, on the vaccines. Uh, I, I have uh, two of my colleagues who took the, uh, took the shot on the AstraZeneca. Yeah. And they started to feel some uh, side effects, mm. um, and it didn't last long. It's just an overnight thing. Yeah, uh, is it normal? Yeah, it is. So when you look at all the studies, um, about fifty-five to sixty percent of people will have a mild reaction, and by that, most will get a sore arm. I got a sore arm, so I've, I'm fully vaccinated. So I got a sore arm. Um, some people get aches and pains. Some people less about 15% will get a fever and that usually is mild and it lasts 24 to 48 hours and normally Panadol or Paracetamol is all you need and um, that actually means the vaccine starting to work and you've actually got a good immune system because that's your immune system saying hey I need to start making antibodies to this thing so um, and that's a very very common thing so that that's very common in fact I'm glad to hear your friends had that happen actually yeah. um, I'm, I'm convinced now I should take a shot now good good <laughs> uh, Dr. McLeary Doctor you've been to I think five or four five uh, countries of yes. the world, and uh, you, you're now in PNG and mm. again there are various reasons uh, cyclone um, tsunami uh, but in PNG is health concern yeah. issue uh, uh, COVID-19 to be more specific yeah. uh, this will be personal um, to ask you this question yeah. you know, you've been going to these places to help what, what really is the motivation that you know drives you even to PNG yeah. uh, that's the risk that is involved but uh, doctor yeah. you decided to come to PNG um, so why do I do this job I suppose is really a question so I'm, I'm an emergency physician I'm an emergency medicine specialist and very early on in my young uh, doctor days, I was a doctor in the regular army, the Australian regular army, and I went to northern Iraq after the Gulf War, where the Kurdish people had been displaced by Saddam's forces, mm. and there were thousands, hundreds of thousands of people suffering. And I think it struck a chord in me that um, there were people here that needed help, and I 
had some skills that could help. Now, as a junior doctor, we don't have many skills. Um, and so I went away and as well as doing my specialty training, I did public health training. So I did a master's in public health. I also studied at the London School of Tropical Medicine. And I also went to Europe and, and did a diploma in humanitarian assistance. And I now run a big international course in the United States every year on humanitarian assistance. And so it was really... Um, uh, that sort of desire to help people that really went from there and then from an OSMAP point of view after the Indian Ocean tsunami the Australian government said we really need to have deployable teams that can be deployed and I was one of the first people approached to do this and so I've been doing these deployments since 2006 um, and this is my 10th deployment doing this sort of work. Um, and for me, I find this very rewarding. I really enjoy working in different cultures. I really love meeting different people. And I really love being challenged with a problem and then trying to work out yes, how, how yes. we solve these problems. And our, our, our attitude from an OSMAP point of view is we're not, here to, take, we're, yeah, we're not here to take over. Um, we're here to stand next to, in this case, Dr. Downey and yourselves and the health people and say, Tell me what's going on. What's your problem? And then how can we work together to make this work? And um, OSMAT has a very gentle, softly, softly approach. We don't sort of yell and scream and, and advertise what we do. We just <coughs> quietly go around and work with people to make it happen. Um, and I think we've been very effective. Uh, and we keep getting asked to come back, which is always a good sign that we're doing something right. Um, uh, High Commissioner, the experience, the back background and to where you, you come from, uh, Australia, and I believe also information uh, about the impact of uh, COVID-19 uh, and the response from your government to Papua New Guinea uh, to help to combat, especially the spread of uh, COVID-19. Um, what would be, you know, at this time, this is very important that for us, um, doctor was saying that, uh, you know, uh, one of the social media, Harip talk, uh, uh, but again, because the importance that uh, the impact of COVID-19 on uh, our education system, the economy, law and order, what would be you know your your take in seeing the impact, uh, which your concern, like also our government is concerned in together working together in response to combat, especially the rise of COVID-19. I Commissioner John Phillips. I think I, I think one of the interesting things about what happened in Papua New Guinea last year is the country was very lucky. You know, really, it was very fortunate. There were some really early, some very good decisions taken early on to stop people coming out of the country, and that slowed down the virus enormously. And as Dr. Downey said, that's why people got a little bit relaxed, went to sleep a little mm -hmm. bit about the whole idea. So the country was incredibly lucky. What we saw in Australia, and Australia has done actually very well, but in many, many other countries, it was terrible. If you look at Fiji, it's part of our Pacific family. They had almost no cases of coronavirus, but their tourism industry, which is very important, was completely destroyed. So they lost 50% of their GDP, of their income from the country <coughs> was destroyed. Papua New Guinea has been very lucky until the last couple of months. The economy hasn't been badly affected yet. Not so many people up until February, I guess, had coronavirus, but you're now seeing here what the rest of the world has seen that this is a disease that because it knocks out people, doctors and nurses and hospital people, it makes people stay home, it locks down economies. Economies are hurting from this, people are dying, people are getting sick all over the world. Papua New Guinea escaped this until now, but we need to take it very seriously. And you have a real opportunity here to learn from the experience of other countries like Australia, but also the ones that have been badly affected. 
Um, my wife lives in Switzerland, which is a very developed country, but they've had, I think they're now up to their fourth wave of coronavirus. Mm. They still have in Geneva, where she lives, a small city, it's smaller than Port Moresby, they have over 300 people a day getting infected with this disease. And they can't control it, they cannot stop it. This is Switzerland, you know, this very advanced country. So the lesson we have is, you know, we have to do everything we can to stop it before it really starts to hurt not just, you know, our people, and we know that the people who will get hurt will die of the lapwing first, and people have other health conditions. We need to protect our lapwing. But also we need to protect the economy and people's jobs and their ability to go to work and go to markets and do things. And that's what the coronavirus affects. So this is why it's so important. It may not seem as serious a disease as polio or malaria or HIV AIDS or tuberculosis, but they all have medicines for them. This has only the vaccine. We need to do everything we can. You know, I come from, you asked me where I'm from. I'm from Sydney, St George supporter. <laughs> also the blues. <laughs> but, you know, even something as simple as sport, we can only do that in Australia because we've been able to control the virus. And it's only because we've been able to control it that the hunters are playing in Queensland and doing fantastically well, mm. by the way. Yes, Three yes. out of four matches they've won so far. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, really yeah. be pleased to see that. But that's because, you know, in Australia we fought very hard against the virus and really did everything we can. Now we're vaccinating Australians. So the same vaccine that we're using, the ones we set up, the 8,000 vaccines I mentioned we set up for frontline health workers, they come from our domestic stocks. So they're the ones that we're using to vaccinate Australians. So Susa Blomi, Mama Blomi, Oli Kissin is by vaccine. So, you know, we really want to work together to, to help people understand why this is so important to take the disease seriously and take the vaccine seriously. And we need to help Papua New Guinea. You know, we want to get, at the moment, it's very hard to get between Australia and Papua New Guinea. We've mm. had to close mm. a lot of the air links. We want to get that back and go so people want to go to Australia to watch football camp. Mm. Mm. So that, you know, the hunters can, can mm. come back and forth and play. And, no, I want to go down. And yes, the yes, yeah. yeah, minister would like to go. <laughs> so you know, we want to resume normal life, but we can only do that if we yeah. all take it seriously. Australians and Papua New Guineans take this thing seriously. Mm. Mm. Well, this is, you, you work on Harim. You work on Harim. Um, um, or talk talk come along uh, High Commissioner from Australia. Uh, let, me, let me give him one some very, very important old talk talk. Yeah, listeners to one of our country power get a journey. Me Hamas Logata what a meal studio lo host Minister of Communication Information Technology, Doctor Downey, but me like a me like a trip tupla a friend tupla given time and yeah Makim Osmet team leader Doctor Mark Little and to yeah big man big man true but then taking time lo come see now want to lo studio and Australian High Commissioner to Papua New Mr. John. Yes, thank you, thank you, Minister. And this is how we wrap up this month's edition. Thanks to NBC for letting us run their COVID-19 talkback show on AHC On Air. Until next time, I'm Gregory Avira. Bye for now. Australia is here. We'll stay here. We're committed to being with Papua New Guinea at this time and into the future. Through the PNG Australia Partnership, we have a long collaboration with the Government of PNG and Health. And we work side by side with the PNGDF and, and their Department of Defence. PNG and Australian governments also prioritise the need to address the issue of family and sexual violence. Australia's assistance to Papua New Guinea really covers all sectors.